Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I am Darren Noel. And we are here tonight for part two of spring cleaning, how to get rid of your messy relationships or how to get the mess out of your relationship, either way you want to look at it. So last week we started with um, talking about what a messy relationship is. So just a brief recap so that we can get to We've got a lot of data points this, this week. Um, a messy relationship are those relationships that are causing you undue uh, and unnecessary work. I don't mean like the general work of commitment, uh, communication, talking in relationships, but like the messiness, the arguing, the checking voicemails, the coming over to somebody's job to see what they're doing, just the, the drama. We'll call it drama that can go on in relationships. Absolutely. Checking emails, questioning the, the relationship is someone committed. You're not, you know, this person is serious about the relationship as I am. You're not really sure about that. There's a lot of uncertainty that can come along with it. Absolutely. That we mistake sometimes for passion. <laughs> sometimes people mistake that messiness for passion. But what, what we're suggesting is there's a way if we can get rid of some of the stuff, the common things that people do to make relationships sticky and messy that you could get a more healthy relationship out of it. So let's just briefly go over the stuff we talked about last week. Number one, trying to change your partner. I like you. I love you. I'm not saying. Number two, feeling like you're a failure in relationships, so not believing that any relationship is going to work. Number three, believing you have to be good enough to keep their love as opposed to a person needs to be committed to you just because um, they say they care. Number four, rejecting your partner so they can't do it first or breaking up with somebody because you feel like, listen, they're going to do it, so then I'm just going to leave first. Number five, believing your partner should read your mind and know what you want without communicating clearly. So we've talked, we talked about that last week as well. I mean, people should, I mean, you should be able to know some things about your partner. If they're crying, they could be sad. But there's no way for someone to be able to read your mind. You, you have to know yourself well enough to communicate that to another person. Um, believing it's your partner's job to make you happy. So really not knowing that happiness is an internal choice, something you decide to have. The person with you should definitely not be causing you undue pain, but they can't make you happy. Um, mistake number seven, believing that it's hard to get him or her to talk and not understanding that um, people want to talk. They can talk. They can communicate, but maybe not at the same style and speed that you do. And then number eight, being addicted to fighting. People spend a lot of time with the fighting, the makeup sex, the makeup round, the he really loves me when we have an argument, but she's so passionate when she's angry, all that kind of stuff. Instead of saying, if there's a real issue, let's talk about it, but we don't have to fight about everything all the time. Right. We also talked about thinking our partner must be interested in everything that we do, and we talked about that a little bit. We had some discussion about that. My view was about 90 to 95% you should be interested in what your partner is interested in and having that kind of uh, aligned goals and aligned interests and things of that nature. We also talk about displacement. When someone gets angry about one thing, someone didn't pick up the laundry or didn't pick up the dry cleaning, then, oh, it's displacing that anger and making it a bigger deal than it really is. And say, hey, it's really a commitment issue versus, no, you just forgot to pick up the laundry, and I'm upset about that. Okay, mm-hmm. so displacing that anger. And also we just talked about putting so much energy into believing in the fairy tale romance. Hey, we love each other. How can we have these problems? How can we're not going to be just like TV, like the movies? And there's a great love affair. We're never going to have any anger and never have any arguments, which is really, again, a fairy tale. Okay? That's kind of what we left off last week, Dr. Well. All right. So let's, let's go over a couple other things that tend to create messy relationships. Um, thinking that you'll never get over the person that you were with before. And so 
when you get into a new relationship, you're still hanging on to some of that old drama that you had in the old relationship and punishing the new person for all the stuff that person A did in the previous relationship. That's a great point. That's a great, you know, you decided to let that relationship go for whatever, for whatever reason. Or, or they decided or to they, let you go. they decided to let you go, regardless that relationship is over, you've got to go cut those ties and go ahead and move on. And you don't want to punish somebody else in a new relationship for what any bad things that happened in your past relationship. That's not fair to that new person. It's really not fair to yourself either. You've got to start afresh. So with this whole thing talking about spring cleaning, go ahead and clean up that mess and get that out of the way. And just one little thing that we could, I can say to you just as a therapist that makes relationships messy is that people don't take enough time to heal between one breakup before they've started with a new person. Okay. So there's a saying that don't quit one job before you've got another. Right. And some people carry that over to relationships. Don't break up with person A until you've got your person B lined up. Ooh, okay. Or the best way to get over a man is to get under another one or vice versa. The best way to get over a woman is to get under another one. But I am going to encourage you that a lot of times people need that break in between relationships to, to be appropriate in the new relationship. If it's a divorce situation, I can't say this loud enough. People need a complete year of singleness before they date. If not, every mistake the first or the second husband made or the first or the second wife made, they will be finding that in you and the relationship cannot commit. I agree with that 100%. I think the more serious the relationship, the longer you're in that, you were in that old relationship, the longer you need to be uh, some purge time. Okay. Right. Now, if it's a two-week relationship, right. I'm not saying take a year off from a two-week two right. relationship, but if you've been with someone for six months to a year or you've been married for 20 years or five years or eight years and then you break up or you've never been married but you've been together 20 years and you've got five kids and, you know, all that kind of stuff, right. you need a solid amount of time to grieve the loss of that relationship, even if you knew leaving was the right thing to do. Absolutely. The loss of the relationship is so huge, and people need to take that time. And I just, I kind of want to keep stressing that the messier the relationship, a lot of times the messiness is based on the length of time between relationships. You just keep bumping from one to the next without ever kind of getting to know who you are and what you really need. You hit it right on the head right there. You need to figure out who you are. And guess what? Enjoy your singleness for a while. Kind of see who you are as a person. Realign what your goals are. See what you what you value, and see whether you want to get into another relationship. You know what? You may want to stay single for a while. Why? I want to get some travel. You know, obviously when you're when you're married or in a serious relationship, that could you know things like traveling. Okay, you got to discuss with somebody. Hey, I'm single. I can pick up and go whenever I want to. Take that time to enjoy it. To say, hey, who who am I as an individual? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I guess again, if you're in that long term relationship, you have become one flesh. Uh, with, with one person uh, based on how long, how serious that relationship is. So guess what? It's a change to come becoming single again, mm-hmm. okay, and becoming whole again as an individual before you go ahead and move, get into that new relationship. It takes time. And, it, it, again, the longer you have been in that serious relationship in the past, to me the longer it's going to take for you to get whole again as an individual before you get into that new relationship. Absolutely. And I think one really important thing is people generally define themselves by their relationships instead of defining themselves Great. and then being in a relationship. So if you are in a relationship with Bob and you're one way with Bob, then you jump from Bob to Sue and you're, in a, you're a different person with Sue, and then, like, then you jump from Sue to Kurt, 
and Kurt likes motorcycles, so all of a sudden you want to get a Harley. I mean, a lot of times people just go from person to person just working themselves instead of being who they really are. That's a great point. Because when you're in these type intimate, serious relationships, you do merge with this person, right? You, you give up some of your individuality. You start liking some of the things that you may not have liked before as much as you did before, and you because it's a give and take. You're in a relationship, right? So you're becoming one with this other person. Now, if you're splitting that, you've got to say, okay, who am I as an individual? Mm-hmm. Okay, because the next person you're going to get what? You're going to start melting and merging with that person also. So you're going to see who you are first. You know, I get a lot of people that come to see me. They sit on the red sofa and they say, Dr. Noel, I, I broke up with Bob. And with Bob, we used to watch uh, all of our shows on demand together. Right. And then I get with Fred, and Fred doesn't even like to do that. And I feel like I'm, I'm so I'm confused. Why is Fred not like that? I mean, isn't that just a normal thing to ask for? And I say a lot of times, no, it's not. It's not okay to assume that person B is going to just pick up what person A left off and right. be an extension of your previous relationship. Absolutely not. And you guys see, when you, your example, when you watch an old on-demand show because you really want to watch with an individual, is that something you guys did as a couple? Correct. Said, but as an individual, guess what? I'm really not that interested in it. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, as a couple, that works for us as a couple. But as an individual, that doesn't work for me. So guess what? I don't want to do it anymore. Well, the next guy might say, that may be interesting to you, but I don't like to take 20 hours of my weekend to catch up on all the latest episodes of anything. Sure. Maybe I want to be outside. So we've got to give ourselves time in between relationships to kind of restore or reboot to our regular baseline balance. And then you can start a relationship where you're basically introducing yourself as an individual to your new person without kind of coming over as the wounded bird from the previous relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is why a lot of times affairs don't work out, right, because you never completely ended one relationship. You, everything's just an extension of the last one. Oh, that, that sounds messy. Mm-hmm. That is messy. Okay. One case people need to look at in terms of uh, cleaning up messy relationships, okay, this one talks about, Waiting for someone, to, from a woman's standpoint, waiting for someone to find us instead of going out and um, being found. That's a, that's a topic that Ooh, comes up a lot. You know, I, it's okay for a woman to say, hey, you know what, I like this guy, I'm going to go after this guy, or versus, you know what, I'm going to wait for that guy to approach me. Okay. You know, it's, it's definitely a different world than when we were dating, but I still think some basic principles still ring true. I, I'm still a believer that, Women need to be pursued, and guys need to be in the pursuit of the hunt. I mean, I just, I feel like, yes, it's nothing wrong with a woman saying, hey, I like this guy, like maybe letting him know she likes him. But if all the work is already done, he's just ordering off a menu. I agree with you 100%. To me, the, the man in general needs to be, to be the pursuer. I've seen relationships where the woman was the, the, the pursuer, the guy really was, he may or may not really have been interested, but since he was pursuing, he kind of accepted from my experience, it has not necessarily always worked out. The yeah. guy really wasn't interested, but go, hey, if it's free, yeah, yeah, it's like a free meal. Sometimes exactly. I, I go in and I order a coffee, and the person in front of me, their order got messed up, and the worker says, oh, do you want this one too, ma'am? Right. Uh, we made it a second. You can have it. I'll take it. Right. And if you don't want to take a bite, I really don't want it. I'll throw it out. It's right, big right. Deal. But I'm not it's committed free. to it. Right. I didn't have to work for it. It's free. And I'm still ordering up my original order. Right. And I'll bring the other drink with me, but it's like, oh, I got this extra drink. Anybody want some? Yeah, no big deal. Toss it if you don't want it, right? You know? Now, I do think that a lot of times people make the mistake, both men and women, of thinking, 
I'm just going to be in a crowded room or I'm going to be walking down the, the street and some guy's going to spot me or some girl's going to see me and know I'm the one. I think you do have to get outside of your comfort level and be where people are. I mean, we live in an, an increasingly um, automated world where everything we want or can do can be done remotely. We can work from home. We can order everything we want from home. We can have our groceries delivered. So people out aren't out as much as they were. Right. Um, and so I think that prohibits from being found. But I think so that's what I think people need to do, get out there, do things, meet people. But I don't think you necessarily you – know, and there may be some men out there who say, listen, Dr. Noel, I want to be pursued. If that's true, that's fine. But for the ladies that do those, that pursuing, realize that the pre-relationship, the dating phase, is really an introduction to what the rest of it is going to be like. And so lots of women get with guys that they've pursued, and then they go, well, he never works at anything. And in general, it's because he never had to. People show you who they are during the dating time. That's where you're being revealed. So don't expect somebody who's that way during dating. All of a sudden, they're going to change, okay? They were, they were not that outgoing. They were a homebody. Now that you've got, now that you've got to get together, you want to, to be a, a outside, going to the clubs every single week. And that's not who the person is. They're not going to all of a sudden change once you get with them. So if you weren't really happy with them during a dating standpoint, guess what? Don't expect them to change, and all of a sudden you think you're going to be happy with them. That's really not what you want. And if you had to do all the work to get them, you're going to do a lot of work to keep that relationship. The entire relationship. A lot of And I'm not saying it can't last for right. years, but you're just going to be tired. Exactly. Are you okay with being the pursuer for the rest of your life? Right. That's what the, that's the question for the ladies in right. situation. Right. Okay. The next one, this is interesting. In our opinion. In our opinion. And there may be loads of relationships that work the opposite way, but that's how we work. They're that's pursuing me. So, I mean, I think a lot of people are partial to the way that things work for them as well. Are you talking about from your perspective, from your vantage point, your experiences, and, um, you know, your knowledge base, what you've seen? Right. Okay? Next one, interesting. Dropping your friends once you fall in love. Okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of times that happens where someone's got a new boyfriend, got a new girlfriend, all of a sudden you can't catch them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I used to be hanging out with them every, uh, every, uh, every Wednesday. You got a basketball game or they used to go out every Friday night, girls went out. Now they have a new partner. You can't find them. You can't, they're not even return your phone calls. Okay? That's kind of messy. Well, one of the things, I'm not going to say that it's messy, but what it creates is, uh, a vacuum-filled relationship mm-hmm. where you're in a relationship with, with your partner and they don't know anything about your friendships who you hang with, your normal behavior. So at first that's okay. But then when you, when he says, I want to hang out with the guys, and you go, well, no, because I don't have any girls to hang out with. I've got nobody. Then that's when it gets messy. But then that also brings animosity between your friends and this new person. Oh, you just dumped me. Now I've known you for 20 years. We've been friends. Now you've got a new uh, partner, and, you know, you can't even return my phone calls. But, you know, I, I personally think most friends get over that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a big deal in high school. But as adults, I think people realize that, okay, you move forward. But I think what, what makes it messy, and this is just from the data points that I have working with folks, sure. what makes it messy is after your relationship is a little bit older, like a year, six months, whatever, summer, spring is over, started, and now you just want to call up your friends and be back in the mix. Right. It's not going to be the same. No. Those that have a little eye open on you, you know, one eye open, one not keep an eye on you. You know, because you may bail again. Mm-hmm. Not you. Someone may bail again. But I think even much more than what the extended friends think, which can make your friendship um, messy, is the idea that someone can entertain you solely for the rest of your relationship. 
that your entertainment is going to come only from your partner. Like right. forever. No other communication. No right. other you don't really need other people. And that's like we're doing a four-seater trip and we need the other two people to divide the ticket. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And so and that's where it gets messy that I see a lot is that, like you said, friendships are like, oh, so you didn't need me before, now you're picking me back up. Right. Or people go, hey, it's no no problem, I'm fine with it, but I've moved on, so I can't be your toy. I can't be coming, you know, back right. in and out of your relationship. No, I have no problem with someone says, hey, guess what, we used to hang out uh, you know, three times a week, even every Wednesday. Guess what, I'm going to need to back off from it. We may be able to catch up once a month or every other week because, wow, I'm trying to focus on a relationship. You know, you're still my boy, you're still my girl, whatever the case may be. But I'm going to have to back off because I'm trying to work on this relationship. Oh, okay, we have some communication. You let me know what's going on. I, I, I can respect that. It's not a problem. Right. You let me know we, we, there's going to be a change. Hey, you still, we, we're still tight? Well, i got to update you on what's going on in my life. Just like if i got a new job, you know, I'm working nights now, my shift changed, or i got a new job, I've got to travel more. Well, you know what, this new job is a tent. You know, my boss is on me. i got to be probably going to be uh, working the next six months. We're not going to be able to hang out or anything like that. You just update people what's going on in your life, and I don't think people have a problem after that. Right. As long, I mean, you don't have to put up a banner on your Facebook no. page, but I do think if you've got some close friendships, you might want to have that discussion with them. Right. And, but, again, I just want people to be careful that you're not assuming that the person that you get with is responsible for paying you 24-7 just because you've dropped all of your friends. Absolutely. Right, right on to the next topic, thinking about can this person here, uh, this a new partner, can they solve all of your problems? A lot of people get with this, like say, especially it like, seems like with uh, a woman getting with a man, say, oh, I'm expecting this man to solve all my problems. Yeah, be everything to me. Man, that's male and female these days. I meet so many women that meet a guy who needs them to pay bills, uh, raise their kids, do everything. I mean, I think we just have to be really certain about who we are and what we're getting into because no other person can, take, can be your, like, savior for everything that you need. Absolutely can. And then after, let's say they can and they do all that saving, what do you need them for after you've accomplished the mission? So that brings us to a question. Okay, we're going to go from here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a challenge. The next one, and this is all from uh, your article we have on yourtango.com, okay, 15 relationship mistakes women make on uh, www.yourtango.com, okay? The next one I talk about is using the silent treatment, okay? I'm, going to, I'm upset. I'm going to keep keep quiet, but I'm expecting you to read my mind and understand what I'm upset about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not going to work. You know, a lot of people use the silent treatment. I myself have used the silent treatment. <laughs> I mean, so it's it definitely a manipulative move that can be messy, but the biggest thing is that it takes a, it elongates the time it takes for you to recuperate from a situation. If the other person doesn't know and you say something like, because I've said this before, oh, you don't know what the problem is? Oh, you didn't know that I was angry about X, Y, Z? I mean, you do. I mean, people should know you well enough to know that you're upset, but they may not know exactly what's going on. And communication is like one of those things that if you can't communicate, your relationship is just really going to be just upheaval because people need to know what's happening for you. Right. No one's a mind reader, okay, that you need to be able to communicate effectively how you feel. This upset me. You know, this really made me happy, or whatever the case may be. You need to communicate that. And here's this upset me. Let me tell you why it upset me. I'm not just upset because of this, but, you know, this hit a nerve me. You know, whatever the situation is, let them know why I made you upset. Okay, I won't do that anymore. I can uh, modify my behavior. I can talk to you differently, things of that nature. At least work on it. <laughs> I, say, I say I'll work on that. Let's say I can necessarily change it overnight, but I can work on that. Okay? Mm-hmm. The next one I talk about people making a mistake of not 
expressing to their partner what makes them happy in bed or what makes them happy physically, mm-hmm. okay? That's something that the mind really in. This person, my partner, should know what makes me happy sexually. I should know how I can be touched. You know, no one's a mind reader. Everybody's different, mm-hmm. okay? And you need to be able to communicate that to your partner, how you want to have your physical relationship role. Well, one of the things that happens is there's a lot of faking in relationships. I, I know people that can fake an orgasm real quickly and easily, and, and the other person not know. There's a lot of faking. There's a lot of not being able to be mature enough and adult enough to have a conversation about intimacy without drama popping off. Like, you ought to be able to sit down. And I don't suggest that during sex you say, hey, Bob, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I mean, that's not the time to do that. Right. But in a neutral time where things are going okay, maybe after dinner or whatever, say, hey, can we talk for a second? Good point. You know, right. and talk from the standpoint of maturity and adulthood and not you are any good at anything, but, hey, our intimacy is good, and I want to build on that, like right. figuring out a way to build on it. How can we make it better? Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. Say, I'm glad you're here. Glad we have our physical relationship. Well, let's talk about how we can make it better. Absolutely. Okay, and that's a that's a mature conversation to have, mm-hmm. right? Because so because you want to take the emotions out of it. Hey, I'm not trying to leave you. I'm not trying to put you down. We are just trying to have a conversation of what what I need. And you can obviously share what you need in the situation. Well, I'm, I'm trying to express to you what I need, what will really make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing with intimacy that people don't express is how, how often do you need intimacy? And what is intimacy? And is it are you expecting intimacy from your partner and then from five other people or just from the person that you're with? How do you manage that? How do you talk as an adult about those concerns and issues? That's a very adult conversation. Mm-hmm. Very adult conversation. Okay. The next one we talk about here um, is one to take a look at is really overanalyzing. You know, if somebody um, is taking a trip, okay, you think you're questioning whether that person's going to have an affair. You overanalyze someone's on social media, you're thinking that person is cheating, okay? Just getting really worked up, and sometimes for no reason, okay, overanalyzing, thinking somebody's up to something, okay? But sometimes for a reason. I mean, I think... The issue is a lot of women or a lot of men can decide that, oh, something's going on with my partner and I think they're cheating and you could have no basis for it. But a lot of times people are right. And so they're checking emails, they're checking phone records, and they're finding things. And I just have to say to folks, if you have to be a detective, the relationship isn't worth it, not on, not on that level. If, if I've got to check your phone records, read your emails, look at your inboxes on Facebook, um, Call and, like, trace your steps on, on your phone, like, find out where you've been. That's a lot of additional drama work that's completely unnecessary, right. in my I, opinion. No, I agree. And I think it has to be based on fact. You know, if someone is an old treater, they, they've done, they've cheated before, you know, actually you have reason, someone has reason to, to do some questioning and double checks on folks. But if someone has never done that, okay, never has any uh, um, history of that, doesn't, come across like that, but maybe because of a past relationship, someone's been hurt, and they mm-hmm. take those past relationship feelings that hurt and bring it out to a new relationship, that, that, that causes mess in the relationship. Hey, that's that other guy that's not me. You know, we're starting, you're starting new with this new relationship. Let's, let's draw a line in the sand. Hey, I'm not cheating. Hey, check my phone, but guess what? There's nothing going on. Okay. But I'm also going to say that even if someone has had a past where they've had an affair or cheated on the person that they're with, if a person decides to stay, 
when they're this worried and this concerned, then it's almost going to automatically create a ripple effect of messiness because how long will it take to trust somebody? And what does building trust look like? And um, if, a, if a man has two or three affairs and you forgive him or if a woman has two or three affairs and you forgive her, what number of affairs do you decide to leave on? I mean, so we, we really have to talk. Again, it's another adult conversation. What are the boundaries of your relationship? And why are people seeking outside of their relationships? And how do we deal with that? How does the individual prevent it? How does my spouse prevent it? But what do you do to prevent yourself from behaving a certain way? Okay. And I guess if you take a look at it, somebody did have that, that history of, of um, infidelity in the relationship, Okay, you know, you can say, okay, well, I'm going to forgive you, okay, but I'm not going to forget, right? So like you say that all the time, forgive, not forget. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I still, I forgive you, you know, we're, we're back together, but I haven't forgotten what happened. So does that mean I, you have full trust now? I'm not checking up or even questioning anything anymore? Or, you know, am I still keeping a double eye on you, make sure you're someone staying straight and narrow? Mm-hmm. That's challenging. Mm-hmm. It is, and I, and I think that's, again, th- those are folks that I would suggest you need to get some therapy. That has to be talked out. A lot of times people say, I don't need a therapist. I don't need an outside person. I can deal with it on my own. But if you could, most people, if they could do better, would. Right, absolutely. And a lot of times, it just when you're in the heat of a, of a battle in a relationship, it's really difficult to sort that stuff out. It's really difficult to not assess blame. It's really hard to, like, people say, let's just draw a line in the sand and start fresh. Well, it's hard when your brain still works and you have memory. That's a good point. It's hard when you're in the midst of the battle, mm-hmm. right? That's why you need someone from kind of from the outside looking in to kind of help you navigate, help both parties navigate as a relationship, as a couple. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And um, I don't think we talked about it, but if someone does need help, they can reach us at the office here. Our telephone number is 630-428-2344. Again, 630-428-2344. Absolutely. Okay. The next topic we want to talk about here is thinking that depending on someone is a weakness. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, I think that can go from both sides, from, from male and female side. Thinking that depending on someone is a weakness. Okay. Well, I'm depending on someone uh, to pay bills. It's depending on someone for emotional support. Mm-hmm. Depending on somebody um, for errands, mm-hmm. doing errand things of that nature. Um, to for finances. Finances for. Uh, Emotional stability for guidance. I come to ask this person some guidance on work issues and things of that nature, or relationships with parent. Hey, what do you think about that? You know, and a lot of people think that's a weakness. What do you think about that, Doctor? You know, I think that the nature of a relationship is that interdependence. That's part of the relationship. That interdependence and need on one another, and that's why relationships can get so messy because people depend or began to depend on one another for so so many different aspects of their lives. And a lot of people feel like you can be single yet still be married. I don't need you, but I'll be with you. Like I hear people say, I need you because I love you. I don't love you because I need you, you know, those kinds of things. But the truth is once you're with somebody long enough, you need them for basic things. If you didn't, you wouldn't be with them. Right, right. I think some people get mad when they find out that they need somebody or that they're uh, relying on somebody. Well, also we have to ask ourselves how much does the need get thrown up in the other person's face? Like, if, if you've got a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, how much does finances come up and arguments about finances and how much you need me, how much does that come up? So then when it comes up, a lot of times people feel like, hey, I don't really want to need that person. Okay. In addition, what did we grow up seeing? Did someone grow up with a mom that said, listen, I want to put you in a position where you don't need a man? 
Right. Okay, and so then once mommy teaches little baby girl that, she grows up and it may take her 20 years to realize that, wait a minute, it's okay to need someone for something. It's not To need is not a dirty word. That's a good point. Yeah. Interdependence is not dirty. Interdependence is not because, again, you're in the relationship for something, for some benefit, right? Right. Of all that, you just stay single and I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stay single because mm-hmm. all my needs are met within myself and I can, you know, me myself and all, my, me myself and I, we can handle it all. And there's no need for no nothing that needs to get filled. Right. I'm going to stay a single. Right. Okay. But when you have the interdependence and you're in a relationship, and, everybody and, brings something to the table. Hopefully. Right. And then knowing what you bring to the table, it's not about well, I need him for money or she needs me for this. But sometimes you need someone for companionship. Sometimes you want somebody to travel with. Sometimes, like, people, um, like, I do all my father cooking in our house, and people go, does your husband ever cook? I joke about it, but that's one of the things he needs from me, and that, and I'm okay with uh, supplying that need. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are some great topics we have here about cleaning up these messy relationships during springtime. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I want to encourage people is, like, spring and summer are really when people tend to super-duper fall in love. Weddings are up, um, engagements are going on, people are, like, showing more skin, getting attracted to each other, being out more from the cold winter and all that kind of stuff. And I really want people to look at their relationships and the connections that they have to people and figure out what makes them better and what's making them bitter. And if something's making you better, you keep that relationship going. If it's making you bitter and it's not good for you and it's a struggle, I don't mean, like, it takes work for us to do it, but... If you guys are constantly arguing, fighting, and not being able to come to resolution, then how do you get some of this bitterness out of your relationship to restore and preserve what you've got? Fantastic. All right. All right, we'll see you guys next week when we're going to be talking about is there a bully in your relationship? I repeat, is there a bully in your relationship? Have a great day. Bye-bye. Take care.